Welcome to the Shift Gold Friday Gold Wrap, your overview of this week's precious metals news. It's Friday, April 26th. I'm your host, Mike Meharry. Thanks for tuning in. Okay, before I get into the precious metals news of the week, I have to share with you your daily dose of dumb. Now, you've probably seen the Now This videos on Facebook. Now This is a uh, media company that was founded by some Huffington Post people. Uh, the videos are generally center-left propaganda packaged to look like news. So there's one of these videos that's making its rounds right now that is absolutely moronic. It features a bunch of people whining about the fact that they didn't get a big tax refund this year. Of course, this is Trump's fault, right? The caption on the video actually says, We had no idea this was coming. Most Americans got smaller tax refunds thanks to Trump. Okay, it is true that refunds are down this year. At least I assume that's true. I have a friend who's a tax accountant who said it's true, so I don't really have any reason to doubt it. But if you watch the video, you learn that, and I quote, Most people paid less in taxes this year. So, wait. You got more money last year, but you're mad at Trump for putting more money in your pocket because reasons. This demonstrates the complete economic and financial illiteracy in America. These people don't understand tax withholding. They don't even realize that they had more money in their pockets every week this year. And of course, they didn't think to save any of that extra money. No, they want the government to save it for them and then give them a big refund at the end of the year. We have become so lazy as a society that we depend on government for our savings. I'm using air quotes around savings. It's really pretty sad. You know, withholding is one of the most brilliant things that the political class has ever come up with. I'm pretty convinced a large chunk of the population actually thinks they don't pay taxes because they get a refund. They actually view it as the government giving them money. It's your money! I'm pretty certain tax policy would change dramatically if people actually had to write checks to pay their taxes every year. That's the brilliance of withholding. Anyway, I thought I would share that little rant with you. The video actually hurt my brain. So, on to the news of the day. The price of gold hit its lowest level since December 26, 2018, earlier in the week. The yellow metal has been facing serious headwinds due to a strong dollar, rising stock markets, and continued hopes that a U.S.-China trade deal is on the horizon. But gold did rally a bit later in the week. Spot gold was trading at 1283 an ounce as I record this podcast, Uh, It actually could see its first weekly gain in five, but the first quarter GDP number just came in. The economy grew at a 3.2% annual rate, according to the Commerce Department. That was quite a bit better than was actually projected, so we'll see if gold can maintain uh, its momentum today in light of that number. It certainly won't dampen anybody's bullishness on the U.S. economy, but there's a lot less optimism about global growth, and that's what helped gold push upward later in the week. Germany got some gloomy economic data earlier this week, and the whole eurozone is looking pretty tepid. 
And that was followed on Thursday by news that South Korea's economy contracted unexpectedly in the first quarter of 2019, with GDP down 0.3% rather than expanding by 0.3% as economists had predicted. Still, gold is likely going to keep struggling against the aforementioned headwinds until people see the air leaking out of the big, fat, ugly bubble that is the U.S. economy. You know, I have to hand it to the Fed. It did a really good job of slapping a patch on the leak with the Powell pause. The stock markets have recovered nicely since Powell and company did their monetary policy 180 earlier in the year. It looks like they've even managed to puff a little air back into the bubble. But it's going to take a whole lot more puffing to keep that going. It looks like central bankers around the world are all set to continue with easy money policies. Most of the world's central banks never really made any significant progress toward normalization in the wake of 2008. Uh, I think the Fed was actually ahead of the curve in quote-unquote normalizing uh, up to uh, just a little over 2%. The EBC talked about normalization, but it never really got going. Now they're pivoting back. So even though they never really started, major central banks are done with tightening policy, this according to a Reuters poll of economists. This is due to the global growth outlook fatiguing across developed and emerging economies, along with scant prospects for a surge of inflation, according to Reuters. So there you go. There is certainly plenty of evidence to back up this view. The Bank of Canada just slashed its growth outlook. The Bank of Japan announced that it will keep interest rates negative for at least one more year. And speaking of negative rates, Sweden's central bank kept its monetary policy unchanged, but said it likely won't start raising interest rates until farther down the road. Riksbank's current interest rate is negative 0.25%. The bank had previously said it hoped to start raising interest rates in the second half of this year. So, economists polled by Reuters don't think the Powell pause is going to end anytime soon either. They said that the Fed is done raising interest rates until at least the end of next year, and about a third of the economists polled by Reuters who had a view that far out projected at least one rate cut by then. I wanted to touch on this notion of low inflation. I was listening to an interview with David Stockman the other day. He was the head of the Office of Budget and Management during the Reagan years. The interviewer asked him about inflation and why, with all of the money printing by the Federal Reserve over the last decade, we haven't seen any inflation. And Stockman said there actually is a lot of inflation. You just have to know where to look. And he's absolutely right. Everybody defines inflation by rising consumer prices. That's not inflation. It's a symptom of inflation. Inflation, correctly defined, is an increase in the money supply. There is no question that we've had massive inflation over the last 10 years. That's what money printing is. It's inflation by definition. Now, granted, we haven't seen rampant price inflation, but we sure as heck have seen inflated asset prices. Just look at the stock market. There is your inflation. As Stockman pointed out, where the new money created by central banks actually flows depends on a lot of different factors, including government policy. Uh, 
In the years leading up to 08, it flowed into housing. We had a housing bubble. Before that, it flowed into tech companies, thus the dot-com bubble. So yes, there has been inflation over the last 10 years. That's what we mean when we talk about a bubble economy. These Keynesians who run around saying, see, we can print lots of money and do stimulus during a recession and it won't hurt anything, it won't make inflation, because we haven't seen a rapid rise in prices, well, they're just being way too myopic. Peter Schiff posted a video of a panel discussion on bubbles, booms, and busts that he did with Ben Hunt and Mike Larson. I thought Larson made some interesting comments. He called this the Uber bubble, and I think he hit on something pretty significant. He said the last two bubbles were high in amplitude, but limited to certain aspects of the economy, so dot-coms and housing. He said the current bubble isn't as high in amplitude, but it's broader-based. We see bubbles in stocks, high yields, bonds, housing, again, commercial real estate, student loans, auto loans. So smaller bubbles, but a lot more of them spread out all over the place. He also mentioned that we have seen a huge surge in the price of other assets that people don't really normally pay any attention to. So like absurd prices for artwork or even things like comic books. So asset inflation, we see it all over the place. I think this may explain to some degree how this bubble economy has floated along. No one bubble has stretched to the popping point, but when one finally does pop, and who knows which one that will be, it will all fall like dominoes, if I may mix metaphors. Check out that panel discussion when you get a chance. Peter had some really good insights on the booms, bubbles, and busts as well, and I'll link to that on the show notes page. Another couple of tidbits of gold news. Russia bought more gold last month. Not really surprising. This continues that country's efforts to diversify its reserves and minimize exposure to the dollar. And India has joined the central bank gold buying bandwagon. Since December 2017, the Indian central bank has added 50.4 tons of gold to its reserves. Analysts expect the RSB to add as much as 1.5 million ounces of yellow metal to its reserves this year. I want to touch on silver to close out the show. I've talked several times about the silver-gold ratio. Yes, it's still high, over 85 as I prep for this podcast. As one commentator said, that's way out of whack. Historically, the ratio has been 16 to 1, and even if you look at it just in the modern era, 50 to 1 has been closer to the norm. But what does this really mean? In simplest terms, this is silver on sale. Silver is way undervalued compared to gold. It seems almost certain that gap is going to close toward normal at some point. When something is on sale, that's usually the time to buy, right? Well, now, Shift Gold has the perfect way for you to take advantage of this buying opportunity in silver. For a limited time, you can buy beautiful American Silver Eagle coins at the lowest price in the U.S. I'm going to put a link in the show notes page that'll take you to that sale, or you can just call 1-888-GOLD-160, talk to a precious metal specialist today, buy American Silver Eagles. The sale will only last until Wednesday or until supplies run out. Well, that is a gold wrap for this week. You can get more details on all of these stories and more, and keep up with the latest precious metals news and analysis throughout the week at shiftgold.com news. And if you haven't done it already, you can always subscribe to the Friday Gold Wrap over at iTunes, or you can subscribe to our Shift Gold YouTube channel and you'll find us there. 
uh, links on the show notes page for both of those. And if you're listening on YouTube, as always, we invite you to share your thoughts on the week's gold news in the comments section. We are always happy to hear from you. So that is a gold wrap for this week. I appreciate you listening, and I'll talk to you again next time.